Well, this morning, I just want to give a, a brief message, and then we're, we are going to hear from you guys this morning. Uh, we're coming to the end of a year that uh, in many, year, many ways feels like maybe four or five years in one. Uh, as we were talking in our house yesterday, we were kind of looking back over the year and thinking, was, did this happen this year or was that last year? But we flipped back through the calendar, and sure enough, uh, everything that happened before about March 15th or so feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Every year has memorable moments and things that will stand out forever, but it seems like 2020 seems to have uh, a lot more of those uh, and maybe a lot more that are less that we want to remember. You know, we, maybe we just want to forget some of these things. Every year we can, of course, look back and say, you know what, I'm, I'm glad that's over. I'm glad I'm done with this season. This thing happened. It was hard. It was brutal. I'm glad we're through that. Obviously, this, thing, this year just seems to have one more after another of those. This year, I, I learned a lot of new words, not a lot of new phrases. Maybe you did too, and you can drop those in the comments. Stop the spread. Bend the curve. I learned that there's a thing called pre-traumatic stress syndrome. I learned about social and physical distancing. I learned about a new normal that apparently is coming. And I learned and heard way too many times that we are in unprecedented times. And as uh, one, of, one of the teachers I follow on Instagram think, says, I think it was Christine Kane posted, you know what, I am longing for precedented times. I'm done with these unprecedented ones. This year I read far more government policy than I ever dreamed I would want to. We canceled family times and, and anticipated family times that we were looking forward to. And so it's really easy to just look forward to in a couple days flipping the calendar over to January and just saying, good riddance. But let me encourage you to not do that. Let me encourage you to, to not just shut the book on 2020 and never look back. I was reading a message this week from a pastor who said this. He said, earlier in the year, I was, I was having an intense prayer session with God, also known as complaining to God. And I said, listen, God, this year is nuts. This year is crazy. I did not envision this. What, what is going on? He said, but then I felt like God said, Robert, you prayed for this. And I responded, God, there's no way that I prayed for all of this. And God said, no, no, no. Go back and look at that first sermon you preached in 2020. What did you say? And Trinity, let's see if maybe we can identify with some of these thoughts that we tend to say in the next week or so. This pastor said, the Lord reminded me that I had preached, recorded in my first sermon of the year, Lord, whatever it takes, I want to go deeper. Lord, I want more of you this year. Lord, I, I want to know you more. Well, I don't care what it takes, Lord. Sometimes our words are a little dangerous. The point this pastor was making is that sometimes there's a, a disconnect be, between what we want God to do in our lives and what it takes for God to do something in our lives. We, we want to be changed, but we don't want to be challenged. We want to go deeper, but we don't want to be disrupted. We, we want to grow, but we don't want to go through the growing pains. See, but here's the thing. There's, there's no life with Jesus without being disturbed and disrupted and challenged, without growing pains. We can't just fit Jesus into the way we're doing things and, and carry on like nothing happened. See, we can, we can hardly read a chapter in the Gospels looking at the life of Jesus where, where he isn't challenging our worldly view, our, our worldly outlook on things, where Jesus doesn't challenge the, the way we've always done things. 
or he doesn't challenge our, our self-motivation, our, our self-interest, or frankly, our selfishness. But he also is pointing us to something so much greater, so much more as he reveals and ushers in the kingdom of God. And so as we think about the past 12 months and, and the disruption and the, the disturbance and the challenges, let's think about the kingdom of God as well. And let me point us to a moment where Jesus is sharing on a boat with his disciples. I'll, I'll read it for us. It's from Mark chapter 4. I'm going to start reading at verse 14. And, and just a little bit of context here. In the beginning of, of sorry, Mark chapter 8. In the beginning of Mark 8 uh, is this, the miracle, the feeding of the 4,000, where Jesus you know, fed a bunch of people with, with not very much food. And it follows, not too long before, in Mark chapter 6, the feeding of the 5,000. Okay, So we've got these two feeding miracles that Jesus does uh, just a couple of chapters apart from each other in Mark's gospel. And then we see Jesus with his disciples uh, on a boat, Mark 8, starting at verse 14. Now they, the disciples, had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. And Jesus cautioned them, saying, Watch out! Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you, do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of pieces did you take up? And they said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And Jesus said to them, do you not yet understand? Do you see how these verses fit with this morning? Maybe we need to shimmy them in a little bit, but it fits. In verse 17 and 18, Jesus is saying, Guys, can't you see? I'm disrupting all you expect to be possible. I'm, I'm getting rid of normal, and I'm ushering in a new normal in the kingdom here. Can't you see it? Don't you understand? And do you not remember the things that you've seen? Five loaves for 5,000 men plus women and children could be fifteen to 20,000 people there. And, and how many baskets did you pick up? Twelve? Seven loaves for 4,000 plus women and children could be, you know, 10 to 15,000 people there and, and seven baskets you picked up. See, the disciples, they, they didn't just have front row seats for these miracles. They were actually a part of some of the greatest miracles ever. And yet, here on the boat, they're concerned that there's not enough food for them. Jesus makes his point here, and one of the things he often does, and we see when he, he talks, is that they're expecting a conversation on one level, and Jesus takes it up a notch. He goes to even a higher level, and, and this goes right over their heads. They're talking about food, and Jesus says, watch out. Beware the leaven. Beware the, the yeast of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, I know that there are a bunch more competent bakers watching and even in the room. And I know that, you, uh, that a bunch of you took up baking bread over the last nine months. I have never seen so much baked bread on my social media feed as in the last little while. So let me throw this out there. What is yeast? What does it do? Uh, you can, of course, correct me in the comments here, but here's what I understand. Yeast is, is actually a fungus, and perhaps we shouldn't think about that too long. 
But when you, you put it in the, the dough, it affects the whole bunch. It starts to ferment and do things and, and make that nice, squishy, soft bread. Is that, that close enough for jazz? I think so. Paul, later in his letter to the Galatians, wrote, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It, it doesn't take much, but it affects everything that's there. Now, Jesus in the boat and Paul in his letter to the Galatians, they're not giving baking lessons here, are they? Often in the Bible, yeast or leaven is used uh, as a metaphor for pride or sin or unbelief. So Jesus is saying, watch out for the lies, the, the pride, the unbelief of the Pharisees the most religious people of the day. He's saying, pay attention to religion because sometimes we get so caught up in our religion and our works that we're actually demonstrating an unbelief and an unfaithfulness in who God is and what he's done and what he's up to. And he's saying, watch out for the lies and the pride and the unbelief in Herod. And who was Herod? He was the political ruler of the day. Watch out for the pride and the unbelief in your politics. Religion and politics. Love talking about those. We don't want to go too far down this road today. But remember, what, what are the disciples worried about in this moment? What, what does that passage start with? The disciples realized they didn't have enough bread. What, is, what does Jesus call himself in John 6? And sometime in 2020, when we get back to the Gospel of John in January, we will eventually make our way through to this passage in John chapter 6. Remember what Jesus calls himself there? The bread of life. Jesus is reminding you in this moment, listen guys, I'm on the boat here with you. I'm here. I'm all you need. Don't be mixing any of that other stuff in with me because I am enough. You don't need to add religious works. You don't need to add politics. Stick with me. And the disciples, poor guys, were not following what Jesus was saying at all, and they kept thinking about food. Uh, and let me just say, with, with our hindsight, and we do this all the time, and I do this all the time, it's easy to look at the, the disciples in this moment and in so many others and just kind of rag on them for all the mistakes they made, all the, the times they didn't understand. I think, man, guys, you're right there with Jesus. How can you possibly not know what he's talking about? How can you possibly forget he's just fed 4,000? And a couple months earlier, 5,000 before that. I mean, they were, they were, they were, arguing about what Jesus had said. They later argued about who's going to get the best seat in heaven. They, they had impulsive uh, behavior so many times. And, and honestly, they give me great hope because I don't always understand. I find myself trying to posture myself as better than other people. Well, Jesus should probably love me because I haven't done that. I'm at least reading my Bible today. Maybe, maybe that puts me in a better position. And I, too, can, can start running in a direction too quickly. Any, anyone else identify with any of that? But for me, I keep coming back to Acts chapter 4. And actually, last night as we were getting the kids ready to bed, and we said, Sean, tell, tell uh, Jana a story of your, one of your favorite Bible verses as her Bible story tonight. It was getting late, and so it was a massive quick brush the hair, brush the teeth. And I brought up this passage. Acts chapter 4, the disciples had finally seemed to grasp all that had happened. Jesus had, had died, been raised again, and, and gone back to heaven. The Holy Spirit had come on them, and the new church is exploding. What does Luke say about how the public perceived these disciples? Look at Acts 4, 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 
these two key disciples, these two guys, Peter, the impulsive one who, who did all sorts of things that make us shake our head as we read the Gospels, and, and John, the one who, who also tried to get his, his mama to come to Jesus and say, Mama, if you ask Jesus for the best seat in the house, maybe he'll give it to us. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John preaching about the kingdom of heaven, declaring all that Jesus had done, they perceived that these two were uneducated, common men, and they were astonished. They recognized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. My hope and prayer for the new year again is that the Bow Valley would look at followers of Jesus, including those who call Trinity home, and they would be astonished and recognize that we have been with Jesus. A little bit of a tangent there, but in verse 15, Jesus said, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees and watch out for the leaven of Herod. Verse 16, the disciples are worried about food. Jesus comes back and says, boys, take account. How many of us are in the boat here? Why are you worrying about not having any bread? Don't you understand? Is, is something blocking your hearts from recognizing what's going on here? Do you not remember I broke five loaves and fed 5,000. I broke uh, uh, seven loaves and fed, fed 4,000. And, and you picked up so many baskets. Do you not understand? Don't forget that, boys. One writer says, listen, we should be encouraged because Jesus did a miracle in feeding the 5,000. And then a little while later, a few months later, he did it again. Did you catch that? Jesus did something, not, not just once, but more than once. How many of his miracles, as we read the gospel, happen more than one time? How important is this message? If you've, if you've seen Jesus do something in the past, he is capable of doing it again. If he's brought peace when you've trusted him, you can have peace again. If he has carried you through hard times, he can and he will still carry you. See, we cannot, we, we cannot let this past year and all that's gone on through this disruption of COVID-19 cause us to lose our faith, cause us to, to be nervous and question the power of God and walk away from him. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, that doesn't mean we can't have questions. It doesn't mean we can't doubt. It doesn't mean we can't wrestle with, with putting together a, a God who is good and, and what we see around us. We, we should wrestle with those things. But even in the midst of the wrestling, the, the struggling to understand, we can trust that God is active, that God is in control, even when from our perspective, maybe it, it doesn't seem like it. And so that's why we spend the last Sunday of every year this way. We pause and we look back. Sometimes it's really easy to look back at the hard things that we went through, but we need to take time to, to, to remember and to ask the Holy Spirit to, to remind us and put the events in our minds that, that help us to see who God is and all that he's done and all the ways that we as a, as a community and as individuals and as families have seen him move. It's so fantastic that, that Arnie led us into this time by the song Do It Again because I was going to mention it right about here. In that song, we, we sung and we declared, Your promise still stands, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. 
It's still, I, I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you've never failed me yet. That doesn't mean times haven't been hard. That doesn't mean we haven't gone through hard things. It doesn't mean we won't go through hard things in the future, but you're with us. I've seen you move. You've, you've moved mountains. You've, you've done hard things, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You've, you've made a way where it seemed like there was no way, and I believe we'll see you do it again. I want us to, to see and hear from one another how God has worked uh, this year. So we've got a video. One of the highlights is putting this video together and to, to be able to, to share it with you now so that we can see one another's faces. But uh, just before we go to video, I, I have a, an email that was sent in to by, by Kathy and Rob. And so I'll read that, that to us and then we'll head to the video. They sent me this. Kathy sent me this. Vern, Idell, Rob, and I facilitate a care group here at Trinity the purpose of the group is that through meeting together, through studying God's word, through sharing and praying together, we would build deeper friendships and, and better care for each other and for the broader community. And I can tell you, uh, we've seen that happen. And I, I, I salute and commend you guys in your group for, for all the things you've done. She continues and says, uh, we've found that in spite of COVID restrictions, the care group has still been able to reach out and care for others within the church and within the community. Some of the highlights this year were being in each other's homes. That was in the early part of the year, she specifies. Being outside, walking, or, or on our deck when we could still be together outside, and, and with a little less satisfaction, the Zoom calls. We've prayed faithfully for those with health concerns, for wisdom for our politicians, wisdom for our church leaders, for Sean, Naomi, their family, for our children, extended families, for those who are mourning and under financial stress, and many other things. The care group was able to send cards and small gifts to the teachers in the valley, thank you them, thanking them for caring for the children during COVID. And guys, I'm not sure if I told you this, but I actually had someone at ERS come up and say, Sean, thank you for this gift from your church. And I was like, well, that, that was a group in our church that was just loving on teachers. So uh, thank you guys for doing that. They say, uh, we were part of a meal train to a friend who was injured, and we had a Zoom carol sing. Good job, you guys. We treasure the friendships that we've made through the care group and encourage each of you to take seriously our responsibility to care for our brothers and sisters within the church family and reach out to this community. Blessings, Kathy. Thank you guys so much for sharing that. Let's run that video. We've got a few more greetings and a few more ways that God has worked in our community to celebrate together. Well, hello, Trinity. Uh, we are Thomas and Sarah Jane Klinker. And uh, I'm particularly thankful for the health and the well-being of my family and friends around the world, uh, as well as all the people that have been working tirelessly to uh, get a cure for this disease that we had to be in and that we're getting out of it soon. I'm very thankful for the fact that I have a job to go to and God has provided daily for our needs in more and more unexpected ways. Happy New Year, Trinity. We'll Happy see New you. Year. See you soon, in person. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, Trinity. We were just reflecting on uh, the year of 2020 and uh, all the blessings that God's given us this year. And uh, we are so grateful for time with our family. So much time. <laughs> How about you, Cedar? What are you grateful for? Warm clothes. Oh, and what's the gift that God gave to you, Wally? Um, ice cream. 
Airplanes, yeah. Um, and this year, uh, it was just so important, more than ever, to uh, to lean on God and recognize that we are really not in control, and uh, to just give it to Him when things are hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, another big moment was uh, being baptized this year and uh, having that uh, big push of, of realizing how important Jesus is in part of our lives. So. All right, Trinity. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Hi, Trinity. This is John Oltice. Um, Sean asked me to talk about what God's done for me in 2020. And uh, probably like many others, I have to refer to the pandemic and, and how it's changed my life and my attitudes. I think um, when it first uh, came to reality, I was gripped with a lot of fear about... Uh, uncertainty with the future and you know the chance that my life would never go back to how it was and it made me realize how attached I am to this world so it's challenged my mindset to be uh, less concerned with the matters of this world and more concerned with the eternal world or, or, or God's uh, kingdom so He's, uh, he's definitely been changing my heart that way. And I uh, just came across a nice uh, quote here in a book I was reading the other day that kind of helps summarize what uh, what I've been trying to learn here this year. With uh, it's uh, So I'll just go ahead and read it. The remarkable thing about fearing God, said Oswald Chambers, is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. In other words, when you love, when you give God the reverence, honor, and awe that He deserves as your first love, then all of a sudden you realize that nobody and no circumstances can ultimately harm you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? asked King David. So that uh, that's my quote there. Um, hope that. Uh, helps uh, somebody else as well. Hi, I'm Gary Anderson. When I think back on this past year of 2020 and what an uncertain and tumultuous year it has been for all of us in the middle of this pandemic, something none of us have ever experienced in our lives, I am most blown away by God's goodness when I think of Trinity's capital campaign. All the experts would have told us that we had no chance of reaching even our first goal, let alone our miracle goal. And thanks to God's incredible blessing in the middle of a pandemic, we even superseded our miracle goal of 700,000. What an incredible God we serve. Family. Hi. Hi. This year, 2020 has blessed us immensely. Even despite COVID and grieving Jeremy this past year, we are still so aware of how much God has done in our lives this year. And thank you for my baby cousin, Leighton. Yes, we're thankful for a cousin that we got to spend time with this year. And a thank you for the people that love us and care for us. Right. We have family and friends who have been so supportive and caring. Their generosity, their thoughtfulness... We feel so blessed by our church family at Trinity, friends and family, 
so many others who have made a world of difference this year. We're thankful that we got to go on a trip to Pennsylvania this year to see Papa mm -hmm. and other family in Ontario. And we're especially thankful for all of this beautiful snow right before Christmas that we got to play in and enjoy. And thank you for food we get to eat. Right. And thank you for water. So many things. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Sharon. And we'd like to share with you uh, some memorable moments of this past year. Uh, for me, um, as I think back on the year, I'm reminded of uh, Job in chapter one, when he had just a series of calamities, one after the other. And uh, through that all, through it all, he said, um, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And for me, um, I suffered a, a loss this year in the family. My dear mom, who was one month away from her 100th birthday, passed away in April. The Lord took her away from us, but in his great mercy, he's given us memories. Uh, memories, especially at this time of year, Christmas and all the traditions we've had, all the great baking she, <laughs> she did, the... Uh, sausage rolls and uh, the plum pudding and the heart sauce and the mint sauce. Um, just a flood of memories come back. And uh, that's something that we'll have uh, the rest of our lives until we go to be with the Lord as well. So um, it's hard to lose uh, a loved one, but um, God has given us the capacity to remember. And I'm just so thankful for that. Sharon, how about you? Wow, what a year. Looking mm. back, um, I think I'd have to sum it up character building. And uh, sometimes I struggled with that. <laughs> but I remember, <laughs> as you know, um, I remember uh, starting a new journal. This year needed a new journal and in the month of April. And I wrote at the beginning of the journal, um, this is when you find out who you are. And... Uh, Will you shrink like a violet? Will you grow uh, strong like a tree by the water? And so Mike and I purpose to set goals and um, personal, you know, spiritual goals. And we did a Bible study together. We did the book of first part of Genesis and worked on hobbies and um, just looked really hard to find ways that we could make life interesting for ourselves, but really just for growth and learn to break bread. Yeah, it's, it's all about baker. character building for us because I didn't want to be a quitter and whiner. So um, yeah, it's been hard, but it's been so good to look back and see where we've come from. Sad to say we have more character building to do. And um, yeah, God's been with us. We've been able to stay positive for the most part. We all have our down days, but um I just look back and think, wow, thank you, God, for um, just helping us get through with um, great memories and times. But yeah, it's the growth that I'm I'm really, really proud of. So um, here's to our new year. That's and uh, we'd like to take this time to wish all of you a very happy new year. And may God bless you and and give you strength for what you need to do this year.
Amen. Thanks very much. Hi, we're Brian Noah and Pamela Higgins. Looking back through 2020, we're thankful for God's guidance and love in bringing us to Canmore. Looking forward to 2021, we're excited to see what God will do through his people. I'll leave you with a verse from Psalm 136, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Hi, church family. It's Jan. And Craig Gunther with an update. 2020 has been a challenge for us all, yet we have been abundantly blessed. Last time I shared our story, I left you hanging. For those of you who do not know, the adoptions of our Ugandan-born grandsons was completed on July 14th after a lengthy delay. Six weeks later, they were granted Canadian citizenship. We were awaiting confirmation of their furlough trip home to Canada. We are happy to report they arrived safe and sound and COVID-free on November 15th at YYC. We were happily quarantined with them in Canmore. They head back to Uganda mid-January. Josh will wrap up his contract with LifeNet and they will be preparing to move home to Canada sometime this summer. We'd like to introduce you to the newest Gunthers. We are so very thankful and are praying God's rich blessings on you all. This is Oliver. And this is Finn. Happy, Happy New, New Year! Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> on this snowy day, Anifei and I would like to give thanks for uh, just for God's word and uh, how it sets us straight in all situations and uh, and uh, the forgiveness of sin, and uh, as a result of that, uh, yeah, the promise for uh, eternity with, uh, you know, with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all the other saints. And we're also so thankful for uh, just a body of believers that we can encourage each other in God's truth and, uh, and reach the lost together. Blessings, brothers and sisters. Both Vern and Idell. and uh, the question is, what has God done in the year 2020? Uh, I could take a long time to talk about God's goodness, his faithfulness, but I'm grateful for how he has kept us healthy during these uh, turbulent times and given us opportunities to fellowship uh, with our church community, but also from time to time with our family. So grateful for all of those things. God is good. He's always faithful. I don't. I think in reflecting on this past year, it's been amazing to see how compassion has grown in the lives of people, um, extending themselves to others in new and unique ways, uh, stretching all of us to think about others maybe more than our, our own comfort sometimes. So the compassion growth uh, factor has been really wonderful to see in my view. And I get one more word here just to say, yeah, I'm just grateful for God's, uh, the family and uh, mm -hmm. for our church family and how we have been reached out to and we're able to uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus. And for our, our uh, leadership here at church, mm -hmm. for Pastor Sean and his family, the elders, our tech team, all the worship leaders, we give uh, mm -hmm. God thanks for uh, how he's carried us. Yes. Hello, this is Steve and Deb. We're up at Lake Louise celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. Uh, on December 22nd and this year has been a real blessing to us in many ways challenging of course just God's allowed us to have ministry with uh, athletes all over the world and we consider people uh, members of our family from places like India and Finland and Netherlands and here at home we've been able to mentor and disciple a lot of Canadian uh, athletes as my role with the Canadian Olympic uh, sports chaplain and uh, a lot of these guys I consider like uh, sons to me in so many ways and and it's a real privilege and blessing. This has been a year of disappointment, 
um, as we are at Lake Louise, the last 17 years we've been able to do the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services for the hotel. And this is, would have been year 18, but it wasn't to be the case. And yet uh, the greatest uh, blessing of the year is just um, being allowed to have intimacy with our Savior. And uh, whether it's a pandemic or the policies that go with it, uh, that take away life and ministry in, in so many ways, nothing can take away our walk with God and, and enjoying Him and His Word and, and prayer. And, and that's the biggest blessing of all for this last year. On a family front, we've been able to enjoy a bit more family time together as we've been stuck in the house sometimes together. But that's been a real blessing. And sometimes we've had international students uh, with us to enjoy that as well. So we've been pleased to have that. Uh, work front, I've learned a few more techie things at work because I've been forced to with technology. But I've really gained an appreciation for the outdoors and for uh, God's beauty that he's provided with us around here. And so I feel really blessed to have been able to enjoy lots of uh, times out in beautiful places like this and uh, yeah it's been a different year but it's been a good year all the same mm -hmm. good morning 2020 might have been thought of as a tough year but I think there were some positives and some miracles um, we got to know our neighbors a lot better because everybody was staying at home um, we have a niece in Toronto that had a baby uh, which was a miracle, lots of prayer for her because her first baby um, w uh, passed away t uh, after being born. Um, we we're very thankful for that. Um, in August, I was having chest pain and I had an angiogram and it turns out that there was nothing wrong with my heart. I was having heartburn from medication um, I had a uh, friend who was charged with a serious crime in January and uh, God wanted me to go and talk to him. I was reluctant but um, God set it up anyway and uh, might as well not question what God's doing. Um, in September we started a great Bible study called Generous Justice. It's uh, um, about helping the poor, which uh, is one of my favorite things to do. And uh, the town is starting a program where they're trying to get people indoors uh, in the winter. And so, so um, things are progressing there. With, with the Trinity and uh, in October we had another miracle. I was uh, woken up right at the right time to help Liz with insulin shock and uh, I thought I think of it as a miracle um, and I'm still able to help with a, a pastor in Malawi uh, with distribution of children's Bibles. So 2020 is is uh, coming to a close, but uh, watch out. There's going to be lots more miracles in 2021.
There we go. Sometimes the tech guy just can't control the speaker who mutes his own mic so he doesn't cough into it. How far back do I go? From the beginning. Oh, boy. Uh, let me grab my notes here. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get it sorted yet. I'll get it sorted yet. Chris, thanks for posting in the comments that the greatest thing you learned this year is that relationships are more important than things and sports and hobbies, and, and the most important is your relationship with Jesus. You'll keep working on that for the rest of your life until he returns. As I was uh, saying into a muted mic, in our family, we watched our kids grow up this year in, in ways we didn't expect to see as well. We had lots of local adventures with bike rides and hikes. We had a niece and a nephew born this year. Uh, we had lots of growth moments through the challenges as well. Uh, had the opportunity to, to read through the Bible a couple of days left in that reading plan. And, and one of the things I keep seeing is in hard times, we still got to plow through the Bible. We still got to be in God's word to hear from him. As a church, other things I, I watched happen and, and saw happen as we have been leading here. As, as Gary mentioned, we launched our capital campaign. This is a, a super exciting stage in the life and history of Trinity Bible Church, and I'm excited to see where it goes going forward. We found that uh, at least to the end of November and expect it to carry through December that we have balanced our income and expenses uh, in a year where, again, all the, the experts and the pundits are suggesting that somewhere between one in four and one in five churches will close uh, because of this. Uh, we are still operating uh, a balanced budget and, and uh, by God's grace in a position of strength, I would say, too. Because we've been forced to go online by all of this, we've seen our reach increase and we've, we've seen people connect with our teaching from a long ways away. We had, had Lorraine uh, comment in the comments that she's been tuning in every week from Ontario. I, I see the stats after the service and I, I see uh, viewers in <coughs> across the country and in Europe and, and even, excuse me, a couple of friends in, in Africa have tuned in from time to time, Uganda and South Africa as well. We, we have been able to, to share our services and invite people in a way that, that wasn't possible before, before we were online. To watch uh, Thomas and Sarah do all, Sarah Jane do all the tech work to get and keep us online. If it wasn't for them, there would still be a, a, an iPad stood up in front of me with a mic plugged in and we would just hit go on that and it would shake as we run to the back room and shake as we run back to the front. So thank you guys. We had a baby dedication. It feels like maybe forever ago, but it was in February. We, we got to meet and dedicate Maxime and Jacob as, as Martin and, and Dana dedicated them for us. We, uh, as John said, we, we got to celebrate the baptism of John Crowley. We've had an online prayer meeting every Tuesday night, give or take, almost every Tuesday night since May. We've had multiple small groups getting together during the week in Bible studies, and we want to add and build onto this going into 2021. We've had new families join our church family. We've seen babies born. We delivered 33 Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes, and there were many more submitted online as well. Through our church online site, we had uh, at least eight people make decisions for Christ since we've been online only. As a church, we've continued to support Compassion Canada and, and our sponsor kids in Central America. We've supported the apps with Wycliffe in Papua New Guinea, with Teen Challenge, who is still reaching out to their students and, and guys as well, World Impact, Youth Unlimited, uh, Athletes in Action as well. We've been able to support individuals in town through grocery and, and gas gift cards. We've been able to give a, a gift to the Eagles Nest Women's Shelter in Morley and support the Canmore Christmas Spirit campaign as well. 
There's other things you've been able to celebrate as well, birthdays, anniversaries, other celebrations. Phew, God is good, amen? Listen, on top of all of that, as, as good as God has been to work through all of that things, we want to remember again that Jesus has come, that God sent his son to bring life, eternal life, abundant life, flourishing life, life to the full, that, that Jesus came to tear down the divide between God and humanity, that he, he lived a perfect life. He, he died in our place on the cross and was raised again on the third day, putting our sin and our shame to death so that we can have life in him. That's the most important thing to remember. We couldn't do it on our own, so Jesus came to do it for us. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this year. It has been hard in so many ways, and there are so many things and so many ways that, that we are grieving the loss of things, whether it's uh, family or friends, uh, people, uh, traditions, all these things. But Jesus, help us to remember. Remind us again that you are with us and that you call every one of us to you and you promise rest not, not freedom from trouble, but rest in the midst of whatever the world throws at us. Jesus, you are so good. Thank you that you care for us, that you love us, that you came and died for us. Pray that we would trust you and we would ask you to keep being faithful into 2020, that you would keep moving, that you would keep using us, that you would open our eyes to see all the ways that you're working. And I pray that we would be your hands and your feet to bring good news to those who need it. And God, I ask that we would stand in your name here for the valley. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.